Welcome to Megabyte's weekly barometer podcast series. This series was launched in direct response to the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the UK TMT sector. Its aim is to help those involved with the sector to track, understand and analyse its implications. For those of you who don't know us, Megabyte is a leading independent research provider delivering data and insights on UK technology and tech-enabled businesses. Although Megabyte is a subscription-based research service, these weekly barometer updates are intended for anybody with an interest in the sector and made available through Megabyte's dedicated free-to-air research channel, CEO Hub, which can be found on our website at megabyte.com. Updates are released each Friday, and we would, of course, welcome your feedback on any of the topics addressed during our updates. Megabyte Barometer, COVID-19 Week 9 Update. As resilience continues to be our watchword for the performance of the sector, this was the week that we, like many of the companies we track, started looking forward beyond the current crisis at the medium to long-term outlook. The Megabyte team has been busy again this week with um, CEO conversations, having around 30 such conversations this week, taking the total number to over 150 since the middle of March. Significantly, we've, also, we've published our first substantial research on the COVID-19 impact in the form of three sector barometer reports covering ICT services, software and media and information services. These barometer reports look at three key elements of risk across each of the 50 or so subsectors we track, looking at revenue model, operational gearing and product and service profile to give an overall view of the likely impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on each of these areas of the market. These reports are available to our subscribers on our research platform at megabyte.com. So what am I going to be covering in this week's podcast? It's been a bit of a quieter week for news this week, but there have been some really interesting stories. In corporate activity, much quieter on M&A and private equity, but a couple of big fundraisings I'll talk about from Blue Prism and Just Eat. Again, slightly quieter on trading news this week, but some, some of the bigger companies in the sector uh, talking about what they, how they're seeing the market. And I'll particularly talk about Computer Center, GB Group, Alpha, GoCompare, and also want to touch not directly um, on trading news, but BT Wholesale's uh, ongoing efforts, or lack of, well, not lack of, BT's improving efforts, shall we say, to, uh, to help its resellers out with some mitigation. On the, uh, on the impact of the COVID-19 issue with their end customers. My thought for this week, uh, which I'll cover at the end, as usual, is, uh, is about digital disruption and how I think that's going to turn into a digital revolution over the coming years. Um, a steady week on the markets this week. The FTSE 100, uh, the FTSE 250 and the NASDAQ were all up about 1% this week. And the megabyte universe of UK quoted tech stocks uh, was um, up just a bit less than that, about 0.6% on the week. One of the things on the markets that obviously is not directly related to the tech sector, but really struck me this week was the fact that the oil price went negative briefly in certain parts of the uh, parts of the world. If ever there was a there was a, 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 a sort of notable symptom and, and, and data point on what's going on in the world at the moment, it's something as crazy as a negative oil price. So uh, it did recover in the week, but still, that's a moment in moment in history, I think. Turning to software sector news, uh, a handful of updates from uh, Gresham Technologies, Proactis, Cerulean, Equals, 
aptitude, smart space and get busy this week, as well as the two I'm going to chat a bit about now from GB Group and Alpha Financial Systems. GB Group is um, market cap of over a billion uh, now, or has been for a while. So one of the most significant companies uh, in the sector, quoted companies in the sector, they uh, they put their year-end trading update out for the year to March. Actually, the trading was ahead of expectations uh, for that for the period, which is which is not bad going, given that they have a significant operations in Asia, where clearly the, the COVID nineteen impact has been felt much earlier. Uh, overall, the outlook is not too bad for GB. High levels of recurring revenue. We do worry a bit that there's quite a bit of transactional revenue in there, which I think will be impacted probably over the coming year. But overall, a pretty resilient performance from from them. The GB shares were down 6% on the week, uh, so not too bad, and are only down only, uh, relatively not too bad, 20% from the uh, from the peak. Alpha Financial Systems, which uh, which was an IPO in 2017, I think, um, as many of you all know, has been a um, real challenge for that business on the market with substantial downgrades to their uh, expected financial performance, leading to a, a near 80% drop in the share price in that business over the over the from the peak. Uh, so serious issues there. Alpha reported its 2019 results. Uh, this week, which were actually a little bit better than expectations, but much, much lower than the original expectations for the business. Uh, Just that the Alpha provides software for the car leasing, actually asset leasing, but is very exposed to the car leasing market, which has been in uh, significant, uh, has had significant issues, obviously, even prior to COVID-19. And that is clearly getting worse, uh, given what's going on in the automotive sector at the moment. And Alpha uh, Alpha um, noted in its results that it had seen a number of uh, one project cancellation, several deferrals. So we're going to see further impact with uh, on their revenues again this year. And there were broker downgrades. Shares only down about 10% this week, so not too bad, but uh, ongoing problems for Alpha. I also wanted to highlight in software before we move on the uh, our coverage of Redwood Technologies as an SEP-backed private company we track. We had a good conversation with the management team there and published a, uh, a company analysis report this week. Very strong results from, from Redwood. Uh, re- revenues up 25%, obviously well before the, um, that's for the year that finished well before anything to do with COVID-19, but very strong performance and EBITDA still 6 million on, 20, on 40 million, just under 40 million in revenue, despite heavy investments in growth. In terms of the, in terms of the COVID-19 impact on that business, uh, actually, some positive uh, impact in the usage within their public sector customers, but elsewhere, re- repeats of what we're hearing it elsewhere. You know, in terms of less new business around, inevitably, and there will be an impact on Redwood in the current year. But but that business is 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 pretty solid, um, and I'm really one of the shining uh, examples of private company uh, private companies we track. Interestingly, the management team they're also saying that they think the current downturn will uh, will create some more M and A opportunities. Turning to our ICT and digital services sector, fewer updates there this week. There are fewer public companies in that part of the market than there are software anyway, but updates from Cisgroup, Telecom Plus, Restore and Phalanx this week. But the most interesting by a long way was uh, was an update from Computer Center that talked to the market about its Q1 results, where revenues were down slightly, having been up quite nicely in, in many of the recent, well, for the, for, the, for the last few years, but profits were flat. Uh, Computer Centre is taking advantage of many of the, or not taking advantage, is announcing many of the same things that other public companies are in terms of furloughing staff in schemes across Europe, and they have uh, they've stopped the dividend for the calendar 2019 year. 
To be honest with you, the most interesting thing I think that came out of the computer center statement was that they maintain their full year guidance, or they still have full year guidance. As you'll be aware, a lot of the most of the public companies we track have removed guidance uh, as a precaution against uh, later profit warnings, as they say. Um, so interesting to see the computer center uh, maintaining its guidance and also kind of indicating that the, 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 the worst is behind or the worst will be behind them in the first half of this calendar year, which I thought was very interesting. Be interesting to see whether that's premature or not. As a result of a reasonably positive update, uh, computer center shares are actually flat on the week and again also um, are down 20% uh, from the high. Um, although they did dip down significantly um, and uh, in recent weeks and you could have actually made 30% return if you'd got your timing perfect on, on the computer center shares. Anyway, so very interesting for the computer center, um, definitely one of the more resilient uh, statements we've seen. And um, lastly on ICT services, but um, well not lastly actually, but lastly on the public company side, bit of a commentary, bit of a comment on BT Wholesale and what they've been up to. We've been commenting, my learned colleague Mr. Cars has been commenting consistently on what is happening with BT Wholesale, which obviously has still has a significant um, kind of influence on what goes on in the, uh, in the, um, in the telecoms market in the UK, either directly to um, end customers, but also through the channel and also through other network providers. Significant pressure on BT Wholesale to provide some kind of mitigation against end customer distress, financial distress, and they have they did actually last week produce some uh, some, some proposals around uh, giving um, a three-month holiday effectively with no reconnection charge. Very much welcome, um, but we highlight this week about a couple of things. One, there's been significant concerns about the implementation of those recommendations, and it's and it's all going rather slowly for everybody's everybody's taste. Quite a lot of frustration around that, and also kind of contradictory, contradicting or, or contrasting to many of the other. Um, larger network providers that are, have already got significant mitigation in, in place for their for their channel partners. So BT Wholesale making progress, but rather painfully slow, sadly. Uh, private company news pretty thin this week. Um, probably the biggest significant thing was the CMA clearing the Arkiva sell next deal and the change of CEO as well at Arkiva. And our private company analysis we've got from Wi-Fi Spark and from Aptum, particularly interesting Wi-Fi Spark, following a, a detailed conversation with the management team there. Last but definitely not least, looking at media and information services, public company updates this week from NAHL, Future Global Data, Next15, YouGov, Ebiquity and XL Media. Same themes really, um, the sort of information services businesses like, I suppose YouGov would count as that, but it's pretty resilient from YouGov and, and definitely from Global Data in information services, pretty solid, but real problems in, in any events, events or uh, advertising supported businesses. I want to just focus for a minute on, on the results from Go Compare, which I thought was particularly interesting this week. Well, more, more precisely, GoCo, which is the parent company of Go Compare and a couple of other um, digital brands within that stable. Uh, generally a robust model there, but but clearly Go Compare has seen impacts from uh, on volumes within its platform, particularly in insurance, car insurance and travel insurance and also some other areas. To be honest with you, one of the more interesting, uh, or the more interesting arguably area of that statement was just some interesting tidbits about what's going on in the wider market as a result of the COVID-19 lockdown. Particularly interesting, I thought SORNs, so statutory off-road notices, i.e. cars that are sitting on people's driveways and people aren't bothering to insure them. The number of those doubled to half a million uh, during March, which is interesting, obviously creating some reduction in, uh, in insurance volumes. And uh, another little tidbit I thought was interesting was that um, Go Compare's peak site activity has always been in 
periods when people aren't working, as typically when people aren't working, so Sunday evenings particularly, particularly busy. That apparently has moved to late mornings now. So it's interesting to see that whilst a lot of the companies that we track are reporting uh, significant uh, um, productivity boosts with people working at home, there are also quite a lot of people doing their insurance, checking their insurance pricing uh, instead of working, which I thought was, was amusing. Private company coverage this week in media from Chartco, so I recommend you take a look at that on the platform. And lastly, on 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 uh, looking at the news flow this week, looking at deals uh, again, a bit quieter uh, this week. A couple of uh, uh, M and A, relatively small M and A deals from Rapid Block Solutions and also Capita divesting a couple of its businesses. Smallish fundraising and e-learning from Biblio, ten million dollars. That I think is is interesting because it's a a data point in a theme I think we're going to see developing over the next few weeks, which is, yes, continued fundraising uh, activity, but really focused on areas of the market that are deemed to be resilient. And e-learning is obviously one of those. A couple of small capital markets fundraisings uh, from Intelligent Ultrasound, uh, just over 5 million, and from Shearwater this morning, 2.5 million, as well as a 4 million debt package. But by far the most interesting and significant corporate news this week was fundraisings from Blue Prism, and the recently merged Just Eat Takeaway.com, Blue Prism in the uh, robotic process automation market, raising 100 million from existing shareholders at a price of um, 11 pounds a share. And also interestingly, their high profile um, CEO, largely credited with the success or partly credited with the success of, of Blue Prism, uh, remarkable success of that company, is stepping back as CEO, handing the reins over to one of his, uh, one of his longstanding directors who stepped back into the, the, the business recently. Uh, so those shares are trading at 12, uh, nearly £13 now, so well above the placing price and, and a very well-supported placing, although that is roughly half the peak share price for that business during 2018. Uh, so, yeah, interesting to see another um, significant software company or, or tech company in the UK tapping the markets to uh, to solidify or, or get more um, uh, firepower onto its balance sheet. JustEatandTakeaway.com raising a total of 700 million euros, of which 400 million euros was from an equity placing, 300 million from a convertible bond. Interestingly, not really support day-to-day operations, but more of a war chest for acquisitions going forward. And we're seeing more of this. We saw AutoTrader highlighting that um, as a possibility for the use of funds for its 200 million fundraise recently. There have been, uh, there seems to be a real um, polarization of performance between the larger, more established digital players and some of the younger players. And I think some of the bigger players like JustEatTakeaway.com, AutoTrader and others are um, are getting kind of interested, definitely interested in their M&A opportunities that will present themselves to, to them um, as we get through the worst of the crisis. So interesting to see that, uh, how that's going to pan out going forward. So that's all of our uh, all of all I wanted to say this today on uh, news flow across the trading results and and also corporate activity. As ever, uh, the Megabyte team has been analysing all of this news during the week, and subscribers can find all of our analysis on on this news and private company uh, coverage uh, on our research portal at megabyte.com. So I'll leave you with my thought for the week. So that that thought this week is around digital disruption and how that is, in my view, going to turn into a digital revolution as we come out of the uh, of the worst of the downturn, uh, the in- initial stages of the downturn. And I argued that on a, on a quite a long article on our CEO hub this week, so you can read that in detail at your leisure. But in essence, what I'm arguing is that there are three kind of main reasons why I think that digital disruption will become a digital revolution over the medium term. Uh, 
Two of them are well known, really. Uh, the first two in that uh, there's always a wave of, of next generation startups, technology startups, uh, as you come out of the worst of a recession. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, business failures, sadly, uh, as we go into the worst of this downturn, particularly in the startup area. But the really strong entrepreneurs in those uh, in those startups that fail or, or, or and start new businesses or pivot their existing businesses will come back leaner and stronger and produce some really exciting tech as we come out of the out of the downturn. Secondly, um, and I experienced this or I, I observed this very clearly during the uh, as we came out of the last two downturns after the dot com crash and the uh, and the global financial crisis that end users end customers just are more receptive to doing newer stuff and different stuff as they come out of out of recessions partly because uh, it's just economically sensible to do that with perhaps younger vendors younger cheaper vendors than previously but also just because culturally it's easier to embrace change in those that part of the economic cycle but i think those two kind of well well established factors will be uh, will be massively enhanced by a third factor which is the 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 broad acceptance of digital technology um, that I think has come out of the lockdown period. Obvious areas around collaboration, teams, etc. But lots of stuff we just don't really fully appreciate yet. Yet around this, that I think will impact the shift of digital healthcare and all all manner of things we don't know yet across um, all sectors of the service economy. And kind of the point I want to leave you with is that I think while. Um, that will obviously impact well. Well, uh, that will obviously be to the benefit of well, um, well-positioned technology companies. Perhaps more importantly, it will it will act as an accelerant to growth to service sector economies, non-tech businesses, so-called tech-enabled businesses, and the ones that really embrace this tech, the digital revolution, will will uh, will thrive over the next decade. And frankly, those that don't may not be around in ten years' time. So that's my thought for the week, and that's the analysis of what happened this week. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you again next week. And in the meantime, keep safe.